Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Um, it's Super Bowl week. Um, huge week. Um, this is part one. Uh, of two episodes that we're going to have covering the Super Bowl. Um, uh, coming up in a moment, we've got Alex Crass, and then after Alex, uh, we've got Jenna Horner um, as well. Um, both have been on the show before. Both beat the hosts on Guess the Win Margins, so looking forward uh, to them coming up um, in just a second. Um, on more of a, a personal note, um, I'm going to dedicate this podcast, or these two podcasts, um, uh, to someone... Um, who sadly passed away, um, someone who I, I call grandma. Um, uh, she passed away from COVID uh, a couple of weeks ago now, Kay Constance Allen, or Connie, uh, as she was known. And um, it was quite a sad time. Um, uh, the funeral was obviously sad and was social distance, and I was in the UK, and the funeral was in, uh, in the States, so um, everything was kind of done virtually. Um, but some of the pictures and the, the family being great and kind of coming together and keeping everything online. Um, big shout out to Mallory um, for her uh, YouTube video where she put all the pictures with some music and stuff and it's really, really good. Um, it did bring up a story um, when we were all chatting online. Um, when I was, I think I must have been about two years old, three years old, um, there was a big thunderstorm uh, in Utah and the thunderstorm was rocking the house um, so, so much. And I was three and I was scared. Um, and I was freaking out. And Connie um, picked me up, ran a bath, popped me in like a, a nice warm bath just to kind of soothe me as, as, a, as a kid and um, calm me down. Um, and then once the thunderstorm was over, um, brought me out and... Um, there's a picture apparently somewhere, don't know who has it, hopefully no one, of me and an American football helmet. And that was all. Uh, sitting on the couch. Um, happy as Larry because, you know, thunderstorm's gone. Um, and you had that love from Connie and my mom um, at that time. and um, Those were good times. And got to 
share a lot of memories that I, because living in the UK and living so far away, I didn't get to share with everyone um, while they were going through things. So, um, yeah, these these two episodes are, are uh, both dedicated to Connie, uh, Grandma Connie, because, yeah, she was one in a million. She had a heart of gold and um, she loved everyone and she worked hard um, and uh, she's going to be sadly missed. Um Okay, so we're back and we have Alex Kranis with us. Now, Alex Kranis joined us way back in like week 11 and uh, kicked my and Katie's ass at Guess the Win Margins. Um, you had a pretty su- successful uh, week that week. Um, and yeah, you, you kind of beat us. Um, what have you been up to since giving us a hiding? So interestingly, I was, I was thinking about this the other day um, because uh, I did a little bit of research, but not much more than I'd normally do into kind of my fantasy leagues and other bits and pieces. You know, I regularly kind of sit on Discord with friends, you know, just drinking beers and just kind of chatting rubbish about what we think is going to happen. Um, and I, I kind of wondered if, if I'd have been as lucky in my fantasy league as I had been in that conversation we had that evening, I'd have done a lot better than finishing fifth. Um, but no, it's just just usual, you know, we're, we're in lockdown here in the UK. Um, so it's just kind of watching whatever I can sport related. There's not a lot on really. I don't follow um, like English football or anything. And so obviously the playoffs have kept me very busy for the NFL. Um, just playing games and working, really. Just standard stuff for me. Nothing, nothing too new. Yeah, lockdown has been a big part of um, life in the UK, especially since Christmas, um, when we kind of all went back into lockdown, what was it, Boxing Day? Um, they put us all back in lockdown. And yeah, it's you now you've got all these new strands of, of COVID as well. So um makes life kind of a bit less interesting, if I'm honest, because, you know, you can't go out and talk to people you can everything zoom like we're doing just now is, is on zoom so um yeah covid is definitely having a major impact on on life on sport though um and, and certainly the nfl um and i gave major league baseball props for getting although it was a shortened season and um, they got a 60 game season out and playoffs and a world series on time the nfl have done the same that that's got to be commendable I mean, the, the NFL have got to be commended for, for putting this together. They have had issues, um, but they seem to have worked around them, which is, is pretty good. I think I'd agree with that as well. Like in, in terms of the games, every game that was meant to be played, at least as far as I remember, was played. There was a few delays, a few move-arounds. Obviously, you had the COVID lists, which made things quite interesting for a lot of the games. Um, but yeah, the fact that you could sit down on a, you know, here a Sunday evening and just, just forget about the week that you've had and just watch all of these amazing games still going ahead. I think it's a, it's been a massive, massive effort from their part. And, you know, you, you see other sports like Formula One and things going ahead. But when you think of something like American football, where you are literally bashing heads with other players and you don't know where they've been and you've got all of the management and all of the flying around the country, it's, it's an absolute sight to behold. You know, the fact that they've been able to keep the train running, train rolling, excuse me, has just been, yeah, I've been blown away by it. I think the organisation's been fantastic, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, um, and they've got uh, millions of tests done um, daily for, for players. The only thing that I would say is one thing I did notice at the NHL, 
um, I think it was the Washington Capitals, um, a couple of their players had done a similar thing to the quarterbacks in Denver uh, for the Denver Broncos. And they'd kind of all been together, had no masks and close contact and everything else. Instead of just putting them on the COVID list, um, which they have done, they put them on the COVID list as well, but they have fined the team Mm $100,000 in the NHL. Um, I don't know if the NFL needed to go that far, but certainly the NHL is setting a precedent. They're like, this is really early in the season, because that one did happen a bit later on. Um, Mm -hmm. But really early in the season, and they were taking none of it, and yeah, $100,000. Um, so I suppose it's, yeah it's it's one of those things that they're just yeah just setting the precedent it's, it's almost that because it was so early they kind of probably just just went you know the, we, we aren't standing for this we're, we're wearing our masks we're socially distancing we're because essentially when when you look at any sort of like sportsman they're they're ambassadors of the brand and it's you know if if, if it's seen as them breaking the rules you know especially over here with, with football and and some of the other sports that I've been watching and things as well, um, kind of on our side of the pond, it's very much people are mostly following the rules. And you kind of wonder if the professional sports have something to play in that, the wearing masks, keeping distance, the, all of the strict precautions and things. There's, there's got to be something there that's, that's causing that. So, yeah, it is very influential to people, I'm sure, um, which is why they've probably taken such a strict stance there. But no, kudos to them for actually having the guts to make that sort of fine. That's... Um, that's impressive. That was a, it was a huge one. Uh, we'll move along from COVID and, and the depressing fact of, of COVID and how, how that is affecting life at the moment. Um, and to go more depressing, we'll talk about your Falcons. Um, your, your, your Falcons had a tough season and fired their coach, fired their GM, who was their coach. Um, first question, should teams hire head coach and GM and let them just be one man or woman or should they this whole kind of joint role because we've seen it in the NBA as well with Doc Rivers um, he was the GM and he was the, the head coach it, is the, are the two jobs just too big for one person and should they be split up? I think it depends a lot on the organisation and I think it depends also a lot on on the sort of the stance that a person takes so if if the head coach is calling defensive plays, like was happening in Atlanta, I think probably not. I think there's there's so much for that coach to be doing, both front office and maintaining the defense, maintaining the players, monitoring the rest of the coaches. There's just so much there for them to do that I I don't think it would be successful. I think if you look in a, a scheme like um, the the more successful teams have, where the coaches are purely their coaches for own things, but also they, they let their quarterbacks run with it you know I saw there was a, a quote that came out of the the Bucks that was basically just just they they let Brady coach and coach of the players and see how they got on and obviously you know you look at the Bucks last year versus this year and obviously you know, Brady can't be the only there's been a few other changes as well but if you if you have a coach that's trying to do too much I think absolutely it can be a detriment to the team um you know, you you look at the teams that are doing well and their head coaches are generally just head coaches, at least to the, the ones that I, I know of myself with my limited knowledge of American football. But I think, yeah, GMs and head coaches shouldn't really be a, a joined force sort of thing. Yeah, um, I'm of the opinion as well. I think that it is two jobs and both jobs are huge 
um, and carry such responsibility. As I say, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that's just too much power for one person to, to control all that. And I think if, if the coach um, is making the draft picks and everything else, he's obviously drafting for himself. Um, but if you have a separate kind of GM, he's there to, or he or she's there to say, no, you know what? That's probably not the person we want to be going for. And then there's a bit more communication. Whereas if you've just got one person doing everything, then yeah, he's just going to rule the roost and do what the hell he wants. So I, I, I totally agree. Um, in terms of your Falcons then, Matt Ryan, is he the future of the Falcons or is it like the Detroit Lions? Um, is, it, is it time to move on from Matt Ryan? It's a very interesting question. Um, and I've seen a lot in the press recently and in the fan base. Um, I was every single game that we, we lost, all 12 of them. Um, I was going onto the Facebook group and having a look at the posts and seeing what the other fans thought to see if I was kind of alone in my feelings of some of the ridiculous endings we had to our games, which I'm sure I'll come on to later. Um, I think Matt Ryan is still there as the quarterback for our team. I think there's other problems we've got, you know, looking at his statistics for this year, obviously we won four, we lost 12. It's the worst season that I can remember. I think we had one other four, 12 season. Obviously we went to the playoffs back in 2014, 2013, whenever that was. Um, but he did leave, lead the league on completions, like number of completions. Not Maybe not yardage, that was Deshaun Watson, I believe. Um, and he threw one less interception than Tom Brady as well. So he had, what, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So you know, those figures aren't great. And when he threw interceptions, they were at times that cost the Falcons games. Is he still Matty Ice that we had in the 2016 season? I think probably not. But then we don't have Sarkeesian. We don't have some of the other kind of big hitters. We lost Freeman, you know, Coleman. Our, our running back core is nowhere near what it used to be. And I think I'm probably going to be one of the very few Falcons fans that would probably say, I think Julio Jones may be a bit past it instead. Um, I love Julio, don't get me wrong. You know, he's an absolutely amazing receiver when he's healthy and when he hasn't got bad feet or a bad back or a bad knee or... You know, I, I always kind of saw when I started watching the NFL, um, I'd look at Larry Fitzgerald and I'd see this amazing old player that was just making plays, catching balls, just doing basically defying the rules of gravity as, at this ridiculous age. And I thought, oh, that's where Julio Jones will be. But, you know, we've had a lot much more younger talent coming through the ranks recently. And I think actually Matt Ryan's not a mobile quarterback. Um but I think that we've got a couple more seasons out of it yet for to re him to really show. You know, I think the the big issue has been the coaching staff. I think it's been letting the players actually play. Some of the offensive calls we've had in the last couple of years have been awful. You know, you I mentioned it earlier, but you look at Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian? Mine's gone blank. Um, our, our coach, our offensive coordinator for yeah. the 2016 season, who then went on to the 49ers and turned that organisation around. I think, you know, if if you let Matt Ryan call his own plays, go outside the huddle, do a Tom Brady, do a do a Patrick Mahomes, do a you know Drew Brees to an extent, and let them make the decisions. I think a lot more will happen in the future, um, and I think yeah, he's he's got a couple more seasons in him. Oh well, we'll have to see. I think it is a tough one, and I think when you see all these young quarterbacks come in. 
Um, and there has been quite a few young quarterbacks this season that have come in. And I'd probably say with the exception of Tua uh, in Miami, the rest of um, Hertz was unlucky because he kind of came in towards the end of the season, so he didn't have much of a run. Um, so we couldn't really see what he was fully like. But if you look at Herbert and Burroughs before his injury, those two were, were on fire and looked awesome. Um, so I have talked in previous episodes about a bit of a changing of the guard and, you know, we've seen Rivers retire, we've seen Breeze retire. Brady wants to play past his 45. Uh, Brady probably wants to play until he's 50. <laughs> to be fair, um, I think he'll probably retire with a team on his back um, as he tends to each season um, when they end. But it, it's a tough one for Matt Ryan because I think I think you're right. I think I don't think he's had the weapons this season. Um, Jones hasn't been hasn't been great, and the running game has has been pretty poor for the Falcons this year as well. So I've always said a team that has a decent running game and a decent passing game will win games. It's the teams that either have all passing or all running because they don't have that depth. They're just not able to to get across the line. And, and I think the Falcons, probably more in the second half of the season, had that issue. First half of the season was all coaching. I think it, it was it was pretty pretty horrendous. Um, if there was one rule in the NFL that you could change for next season, what would you either blow out and, and cancel, um, or would you bring in another rule? So I was thinking about this and I've got a couple on the basis of a couple of blown Falcons games um, from this season. So one that I would potentially look at, and, and it, it's something I've genuinely been thinking about for a little while, is removing the the kickoffs um, or the punts because I think the, the more so the kickoffs because normally if you do the kickoff from a certain spot, a lot of players now have been waving it as a as a fair catch just because it puts you in a relatively good field position at 25 yards. The other thing as well is obviously if we go to week three versus the Cowboys with the um, onside kick. kick. Yeah. Watermelon kick, yeah, with the 10-yard the rule. Um, if there were no kickoffs, there would there would be no, no embarrassment of the Falcons potentially beating the Cowboys. Um, so, yeah, that, that was one. Um, the other one would be, you know, you, you have um, all scoring plays are reviewed by the NFL and the officials. I think maybe all scoring plays should be reviewed by the teams, um, particularly if a certain Todd Gurley accidentally scores a touchdown when you don't want him to. So if the team could then turn around and go, actually, nah, nah we don't want that one to count. Don't count it. Just start at the one-yard line and go again. That, that, that would be my two verdicts. My, my two. Obviously, if Ooh. I had to pick one, it would probably be the kickoff one because it impacts more teams and would probably make for more exciting football. So I know <laughs> that the, the kickoffs um, is one that we looked at. It used to be 20 yards um, if, you, if it was a fair catch. And then they pushed it to 25 yards to encourage teams to do the fair catch rule. Um, but uh, I quite like the kickoff. I, I like seeing a guy pick up the ball at the five-yard line and just run, like Forrest Gump, right down the field and, and, and take a touchdown. So it doesn't happen very often, to be fair. But um, <laughs> but when it does, like it's pretty special. So, so on the one hand, I, I do get what you mean. A lot of the time, it's just a fair catch. So what's the point? So why not just start from the 25-yard line? But on the, on the other hand, I, I, I do like that run. 
um, when a when a guy just weaves in and out of all all the players and just gets a touchdown. Um, the second rule, <laughs> the second rule, um, is never going to happen <laughs> um, because I don't think anyone's as stupid as Todd Gurley. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give he, you that. He, he, yeah, he had a terrible season. Um, there was obvious reasons as to why he left his previous team or was shown the door by his previous team um, because, yeah, he was obviously going down a, a road that on a path that he was missing a lot for them and, and he may as well be missing for the Falcons this year, um, especially that game. Um, yeah, so not... not, not I like your first one. The first one's good, but yeah, the second one I don't <laughs> think holds a, a lot of water. Um, unlike the watermelon kick that the, the Cowboys managed there on, on the Falcons. You probably um, very much enjoyed watching that game, knowing deep down that I would be down in the south of England just cursing at my TV. Meanwhile, you're cheering because <laughs> you know your Cowboys were going to win it. Actually, you know what I was really thinking? I'll tell you what I was really thinking. Alex is going to um, be messaging me in about five minutes. <laughs> but you didn't, so it was fine. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to message anyone. I turned everything off. I was like, nope, not not interested in this. What a shambles. What an absolute shambles. <laughs> it was. It was it was pretty pretty quick because it, it's just obviously the, the Falcons players didn't know that they could just pick it up. It was the the ten yards was for, for the cowboys. So mm-hmm. um now we talked about COVID a bit earlier on. How are you watching the Super Bowl this year compared to last year? Because I think I've seen a couple of pictures in years past where you've had a bit of a party and had people around or you've been somewhere and there's been a group of people. That is that something that you're going to try and do this year or is it going to be more virtual? Of course, yes. So this year is the first year. So me me and my kind of friends from school would meet up um, and we'd, we'd all watch the game. We'd all wear our jerseys. We'd, we'd all kind of bring Super Bowl food, um, watch all of the pre-game stuff, all the game. Most of the guys would be asleep because obviously the game finishes at like half past three in the morning over here. Um, and there'd just be a few like die hard of us who are like drinking coffee, trying to stay awake to watch it. Um, but no, this year is completely different. We're going to do, we might do a Zoom call, at maybe eight, nine o'clock our time. So kind of what, three in the afternoon in the States. Um, and then we're just all in our own homes, just watching it. You know, I've still booked the following day off work. I'm still going to do my ritual of my, my Buffalo wings and everything else. Um, watch all of the build up to it, the game, the halftime show and everything um, through an American stream, if I can find one, because obviously the adverts are the bit that keep my other half interested in the game. Um, and then, yeah, just go to bed and then wake up late. I think it's it's going to be interesting just watching it on my own. I think, part of the thing that I love about the Super Bowl magic is being able to see these amazing plays with your friends. Um, although a couple of years ago, what was it? It was the Patriots Rams. Wasn't that great? Um, I think it was the Patriots. It was definitely the Rams, but anyway, it was a very defensive yeah. game and that was a, Oh, right. Let's, let's see a field goal. Let's see a punt. But you know, normally you get those, as you mentioned, you know, if you get a, a kickoff running touchdown in the Super Bowl, that's a, that's a special occasion. And I think, yeah, is is you know, we'll be messing with each other as we go along. But I think it's it's very different. And I think we're all looking forward to being able to go back to having an even bigger party next year. Yeah. So Super Bowl next year, um, twenty twenty two. Um it's probably gonna be a bit mad for everyone, I think, because I think everyone will be in the same boat. Um I know I would usually kind of 
either you know, friends or, or go, kind of go away. So, um, but I, like you, have Monday booked off. Um, I even went one further this year, thinking that there would be a party and book Tuesday off, um, <laughs> just to be sure. Um, just because I thought maybe the Cowboys might make it. But yeah, that's another story. Um, so tell me, Alex, who is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs living up, lift, living, lifting up the trophy and drinking the, yeah, just 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 enjoying it, enjoying the moment. I think they had a successful team last year. I think this time round they're against Brady. Granted, he's not with Belichick and the Patriots, but there's still maybe some of that Super Bowl magic left over. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls was Tom Brady and the Patriots. Um, we're talking, what, 17 years ago? Maybe not that long ago, but 2003, 2004. Um, and I, I just think I can't, put it past you know you look you look back at the 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 Chiefs Bucks game during the season you know and Tyreek Hill had an absolute screamer with his three touchdowns um you know doing his gymnastics and everything else on the pitch and I just think that that they're a team granted they're down is a left tackle um they're missing a few of their starting players due to various injuries but I I just think again going back to what you mentioned earlier with young quarterbacks I think that he's He's young, he's hungry, he's shown how good he is as a player. And I think, yeah, he's going to be the one that will be lifting the trophy with his team. So some news out of uh, Kansas um, from uh, Schefter is that Casey placed centre Daniel Kilgore and wide receiver Demarcus Robinson on reserve COVID-19 list due uh, due to close contact. So um, it's obviously not Tyreek Hill, which is is obviously positive, Mm -hmm. but... Um, even the Super Bowl is not immune from COVID, so um, we'll have to see how how those how those work out. I think it's well, it's Monday now, so um, they've probably still got some some time to get off. I think it's at five days they've got, um, yeah. as long as they keep getting tested because it's only a close contact. It's not as if they've got it, so um, they'll probably get tested all week long um, to to see if they can make the game Sunday. Um, so if you were to pick a score. For the Chiefs to win, what? And we're not doing um, by how many, just <laughs> an exact score. Because um, I know I'm going to have this issue with John Murray um, on our next show. Because <laughs> last time he made me do maths, and maths, as, as you know, even though we worked in finance for that long, um, maths wasn't my strong point. Hence why I use the calculator so much. Um, <laughs> do you have an exact score for me? Before I give you a score, I'd like to hear what you think the result will be. Not not the final score, just who, yeah. who you think will win and why. I'm keen to so, hear that. That might change my score margin. <laughs> so I, I'm split at the moment, I'll be honest. I'm not doing mine till the next show, but um, my, my score. But on the one hand, you've got Tom Brady, who uh, you can never count out. And I think what he's shown this season, as he does every season, is he doesn't bother about November. He doesn't bother about October. He bothers us about what happens to December and January. And in December, he was amazing. He was, at the beginning of the season, he was not throwing well. He was overthrowing and underthrowing. Come December, it was like a switch had been flipped in him. And he just he just went. Um, on the other side of the ball, you've got Patrick Mahomes, who 
is, as Katie says, a human cheat code. And he just doesn't <laughs> look, he just doesn't look like anything phases him. Um, and he has got this kind of cerebral kind of mentality where he just doesn't let things affect him. And he just gets up and brushes himself down and, and goes. Um, so I think it is a very tough, tough, uh, probably the toughest Super Bowl in a while to call. Um for, for that reason, I think both quarterbacks are so good. And I think, although you, you said earlier the Rams game was very defensive, I don't think this game is going to be very defensive, but it will be a defense that wins the game. Um, and I, I think that the Chiefs' defense um, is slightly better than the, the Buccaneers. So I'm probably erring. I may change by the next episode, but I'm certainly erring on, on the side of the Chiefs. Okay, excellent. So, so yeah, with that in mind, um, <laughs> I I think I think it's going to be it's going to fall down to a shootout. I think um, the defenses are very good, but we've seen the Chiefs do it before, where Mahomes lobs a ball up the field and that's it. He scores a miraculous touchdown for sixty, seventy yards. Um, we saw it in the game against the Packers, where Brady would get the ball three plays later. Brady scored a touchdown. Um, I think we'll see quite a lot of that. And I am expecting it to be, much like last year, quite an exciting one. I'm thinking it's going to be quite high scoring. Um, and I'm probably getting a bit too excited about this because of the fact that it is a Super Bowl. And obviously, it's not the regular season. It's not going to be a blowout. Yeah. Um, I've kind of to and fro and I thought in the end, just, just sod it. I'm just going to go with my, my ridiculous score that I'm thinking it might be. I'm going 38-31 to the Chiefs. So I'm going... I'm going all out on that. And I think that I, I don't think that will happen. Then again, I didn't think I'd have beaten you and Katie in our last predictions, but here we are. Um, you beat, beat us pretty handedly as well. So thanks for <laughs> that. Um, it's funny, you know, we, we did guess the, the win margins with guests from week 10 onwards. Um, you were the, the second guest. Um, and the guests actually won four out of the, the seven weeks. Um, so, so me and Katie are slightly worried for next season <laughs> if either of us will even get a win because um, we're going to do it for the whole season and we'll certainly have you back for that as well um, certainly since you've won I mean, we have to get revenge somehow <laughs> so, or try and get revenge somehow um, but thanks so much for joining us Alex um, for a, a Super Bowl that's going to be one to watch um, certainly a, an old guard against a new guard quarterback and there's lots of storylines to come out of this uh, Super Bowl uh, thereafter so I uh, hope you enjoy watching it and uh, hopefully you can stay awake um, even though you're on your own <laughs> but yeah it's going to be a good one and we'll be right back after, after this break uh, with Ashley and Jenna So by now, you'll have seen our website, atpsports.net. You're going to admit, it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web, datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing you the very best in website design, hosting, and security. Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help you spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you. And they'll build it not just for desktop, but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business. And they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools um, so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock, and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today 
with Data Squared. Visit datasq2.co.uk. Okay, so we just had Alex, and now we've moved on to Jenna. Unfortunately, Ashley, who was billed to come on, um, unfortunately, some work commitments came up, so she couldn't make it. Um, however, Ashley did beat us at Guess the Wind Margins, as did you, Jenna. Um, got to be feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, I when you guys told me, I was like, really? I thought I was my picks that week were... Uh were off but hey you know came out victorious I'm not mad about it it was it was fun yeah it was uh, I've got to be honest like I was looking at your picks and as we were going through because obviously you watch red zone and stuff and I'm going through and like nah this isn't looking good for me this this isn't looking good me and you actually tied but you you had got a couple of the of the the games really close like closer than I did so um you you took the win um, being closer so still I was gutted um, <laughs> Katie was even more gutted because she was nowhere close <laughs> uh, hey well, we love we love the nail biters right we love those intense yes. down the wire wins and losses <laughs> wins indeed well, it came down to the Monday game as well. So um, that's what won it for you. So well done. Um, and we'll have to have you back on next season as well so I can get a bit of revenge. Uh, <laughs> take that one back. Um, so before we um, talk anything about Super Bowl, um, there's a few things um, that have happened in the last few weeks, um, especially this weekend. Um, there was a massive trade, um, and one I think that caught a lot of people off guard, um, and that was Stafford. Uh, moving to the Rams and um, for Jared Goff. Um, has to be noted that Stafford apparently had said to the Lions that he wanted to go anywhere, anywhere except New England. Um, probably a good idea because I don't think his game would probably suit Belichick anyway. And Belichick's probably like, great, mate, I didn't actually want you anyway. So that's <laughs> fine. Um, but this is a massive trade. Did it, in, in the States, did this just catch everyone by surprise as well? Yeah. And I think just the timing of it, it was, it was so interesting because there's obviously been so much talk, especially with Deshaun Watson. And, you know, it was kind of, I don't want to say entirely came as surprised. I think when people knew that Stafford was going to the Lions and Stafford were going to mutually move on, they're like, okay, there will be some off season moves before the draft in free agency that extent. But to hear this, it was like, whoa, hold on a second. Like Twitter blew up, which it always does in these types of situations. And it was funny because like my first thought immediately with all of this was like, oh my God, what is Watson going to go for if Stafford's going for two first round picks? Like it, the market's just going to be insane once free agency begins and we see a lot of quarterback movement here. Yeah, see, I think that the, the Watson side um i don't think he'll go for as much um i I don't i I don't think they'll get as many first round picks for example um obviously it depends where he goes and i think because of i think with detroit and stafford it was a mutual thing They, they so there's no animosity or anything like that whereas watson has basically said i want out and he's basically forcing the texans to trade him so i don't think the texans have as much leverage because they they kind of have to get rid of him anyway because he doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to play there. So I, I don't know if the Texans have quite that much leverage. No, that's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about it that way. I'm going to be so intrigued to see what happens. But I think, especially with I, well, we can we can talk about that trade <laughs> a little bit. But yeah. um, but with the Stafford trade, I mean, I was just kind of 
it didn't it was kind of one of those it makes sense like i feel like a lot of these blockbuster trades were like oh my gosh she's going where he's doing what i'm like this kind of it's surprising but it makes sense i think that la shows that they want to win they want to win now they think they can do it with stafford i am intrigued though with the fact that just like mcveigh and um uh, Goff were like kind of each other's guys since they both got to LA. So this is just an interesting dynamic. I'm going to be intrigued to see kind of how Stafford fits in, in McVay's picture and how the two of them get along. Yeah. Because when Fisher didn't play Goff um, and it was clear that they didn't like each other, um, but McVay has always been his guy and, and Goff's always been his guy. So it, it, it is a bit strange that, this season, they just seem to fall apart. Um, I, I think we, we commented a couple of times this season that they're just, golf just seems to be off. Um, one game he comes in, he's really good. The next game he's not. And he was just running hot and cold all season. So who do you think wins the trade? That's a good one. I I feel like I have to say Detroit almost just because of the picks. I think you're getting and because of you're getting golf like yes he's hot or cold but at the end of the day he's still a solid quarterback like if you gave me a list of quarterbacks in the nfl that i'm like i want you know pick you know top half bottom half of the of the quarterbacks in the league i'd put golf in the top half i think he's still solid he can still win you games he's not a quarterback i'm looking at that's like oh no i don't like he's i in my mind, he's not to the extent of what Cam Newton was this year, what even Teddy Bridgewater was this year. And obviously no knocks on those guys, but just, you know, I think Goff can, is someone that I'm like, yeah, he can win you games. He's, I put him a little bit above average just in that sense in terms of the grand scheme of all of the quarterbacks and they get two first round picks and, you know, they need to build in Detroit. They need to kind of build around the team that they have. I think they do have some really good young talent, but they need to kind of continue to build that. I think also the fact that they have a new uh, coaching staff and a new GM this year is going to be a big role. Um, You know, it just kind of seems like it's this whole, like, Hey, this is a fresh start. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it kind of thing. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Detroit win the trade, I think, if Stafford was three years younger, I would maybe go a little bit the other way. But Stafford's kind of older. Um, and I think the Rams have given up quite a lot to get him. Um, so obviously whatever issues that they had with Goff must be big. So, um, But another quarterback who I think is going to be on their way, and I've been predicting this, I think, since like week 10 or something, is Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo um, for the 49ers is going to find his way back to New England. Now, every time I turn on a sports channel there and, and they're talking about Jimmy G, there is a little bit more of, yeah, he's going to New England because it's the only team he fits. Is he going to find his way back to New England? It is so funny because I was catching up on some of the podcasts that I listened to. And one of the ones was kind of going on this whole little tangent. It was hysterical, but it was basically like, can you imagine what would happen if Jimmy G makes his way back to New England, Belichick leads them to the Super Bowl against the Bucks and Tom Brady? Like, I think at that point, like the the matrix is just fulfilled. Like, it's just we, it's over. Super Bowls are done. That would be that's the end of it right there. Um, oh my gosh, I this is something that really intrigues me, and I'm gonna be re like it. It, it seems it's one of those like 
it makes too much sense. It really does. It's one of those like, oh yeah, no, this makes a lot of sense. New England's going to be looking for a quarterback. They know that Cam Newton probably isn't, no, I think that, I think Belichick has said like, you know, and the organization has kind of said like, look, we understand, we appreciate what Cam did, but they have kind of hinted that they're going to move in a different direction next season, which reasonably so obviously with everything that happened with what they went through this season it makes too much sense. It really does. I I think there are other places we could see him at least, you know, places will make calls about him and inquire about him, but it's going to be one of those things where we're going to see it. It was when, it was like when AB went to the Patriots for a brief second there, I was like, oh yeah, no, this just, this is it. This makes so much sense that they did this. I mean, the Cam Newton contract um, was probably a stroke of genius just taking him for a year um, because obviously that just didn't work whatsoever. That was, um, yeah, you probably had to, if, if you'd taken them for a big deal, a long contract, they were going to struggle to get out of that. So it was probably a really smart move just yeah. to go for the one year. Um, and Jimmy G finds himself going back to, to Bill Belichick. I think the, there's so many positives for uh, New England to take Jimmy G back because um, he knows the system, he knows the coaches, um, still, I know a lot of the players that are there. So, um, yeah, I think it makes sense. And I think San Francisco are probably going to want a lot for him, um, potentially. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they can work out um, in that regard. Um, another quarterback, and we already mentioned him earlier, um, Watson. Um, yeah, he's wanting away from the Texans. But, you know, he, I think his... His language, unlike, I mean, we've seen James Harden in, in Houston. Um, he was a one-away star and he made massive waves and basically put on a bunch of weight and refused to play. And then he was going to play and train and all this kind of stuff. And, oh, I'm injured. I'm not injured. Um, Watson's not really kind of went down that path. I think he's been a lot more, um, a lot more respectful. Um, is probably the best way to put it. And he's kind of just went about it. He's, he's even put in scholarships for kids in the Houston area and all this kind of stuff. So he's still doing a lot of stuff within Houston. So he, he's trying to make it clear that he doesn't have a problem with Houston. It's just with the Texans that he has the issue with. Um, will he stay or or will he be on his way? And if he's on his way, where could he end up? I definitely think he's going to be on his way. I think it was just... Watching how Texans management handled all of this is basically like 101, how to not handle this type of situation. Because Watson really wasn't asking for, it's just, it's so funny to kind of like see this outside, be on the outside of it and see what everyone has to say, because everybody has an opinion on everything these days, of course. But basically he had asked when they were doing their coaching search and doing the GM search, he said, Hey, can I be, you know, can you look at these guys that I am recommending to you, which as the franchise quarterback, if you want to keep this guy around, you say, yes, it's, it's literally, it's just, to me, it was mind baffling. It was mind blowing and baffling to me that they didn't even say, you know, yeah, we're going to look at your guys. Cause all you have to do to appease him in that sense is interview these guys, talk to these guys. And then if you still have your guy who isn't one of his guys, you say, Hey, we talked to your guys. Here's why we liked our guy better. And at least you're in a better situation than Watson basically tweeting that his, uh, what, what was it? Something like his anger went from a two to a nine or two to a 10 or something like that. 
Like, you, I mean, this is a guy that you want to keep around. This is an incredibly talented quarterback. And you basically threw that away just because you could have done, you could have made it simple. You could have made it simple and they didn't. Um, but I, I think he goes, I really do. I just don't think that there's any sort of mending this relationship and why would he want to be part of this organization that has made it shown that they don't at least respect his values and what he was asking again, it wasn't like he was asking for the moon and the stars. He was like, Hey, here's some guys that I would like you guys to take a look at to be the potential head coach of this franchise. Like it seems, that seems logical to me. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm like going off on a tangent in that sense, but that seems uh, logical. And in terms of landing spots, I feel like I just keep seeing the jets and the dolphins kind of swirl in continuation, especially because of the amount of picks that they have and the amount of um, draft stock and draft assets that they can trade, that they can give this Texans team that's going to say, hey, look, okay, you're going to want Deshaun Watson. Here's who we have. But at the same time, like you said, it is interesting that like Deshaun Watson holds a lot of the leverage. The Texans don't because these other teams are like, we know you want to get rid of this guy. You're going to take what we're going to give you and you're going to give us him. Yeah. And I think that, I think the tough thing is, and Katie brought the, this exact thing up. Um, he wanted to get involved in the coaches um, and who was going to be hired and everything else. And that's that's actually probably okay because it's someone he's going to have to work very closely with. Uh, quarterback and coaches are usually pretty close. Um, but the GM position being because effectively that's your boss's boss. It, it's probably Katie brought this up that it was a bit odd to kind of go and say like I want to have a say in who's going to be the GM as well. Um, because that's that's probably as much as you might want to appease them. I think the organization probably still needs to keep some kind of something that they have for their own, that they can pick their guy um, and, and not take that. But the head coaches thing, I, I, I totally agree. Um, because I think that's, that's something that you're probably going to work together for a good number of years, hopefully, as long as everything goes well. And um, certainly that's what you see at, at, at teams that win. I mean, you look at the Patriots, we mentioned them, Belichick and, and Brady. They have they had such a good relationship uh, between the two. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, with Watson. Uh, just before uh, we come back and talk Steelers, uh, we'll just take a quick break. So we'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back, and Jenna's still with us, thankfully. Uh, she stuck around um, for the next question, which is a Steelers question. So um, should Big Ben be looking for another year, or is it time for the Steelers to move on? We've seen a couple of quarterbacks, big ones that have been around a long time, Breeze and Rivers, retire. Um, should Big Ben be looking for this extra year? It's that the classic question of should he, is he going to, I think those are two different answers. Um, it more, it's seeming at least the way things have been trending the last couple of weeks with everything that's happened. Um, the writers here in Pittsburgh sat down with uh, Art Rudy the second, the team president and owner, and just kind of, you know, the end of the year, state of the Steelers type thing. Um, and he basically said, you know, we want Ben for another year. We know that's what he wants. Um, but he's going to take need to take a big cut pay cut to do it because of the salary cap. And he said to the athletic here, um, you know, I don't care how much I'm getting paid. I just want to do whatever it takes to help my team. So he wants, and it seemed, it seemed that way. Like I, 
I've been in Pittsburgh and been covering the Steelers team for a year and an off season now. Um, and it just, from what I've gathered about who big Ben is, he, the way he ended the season was not the way that he wanted to end his career. And I think he wants to go out there next year, have at least one more year. I think realistically he has one more year. I think next year is his last season. He goes out there, he does what he can. Yeah. Does what he can to kind of prove everybody wrong. Cause again, like there were a lot of good things about this team. I think the fact that this team didn't have a run game was a huge hindrance in what he was able to do. Um, and I think that if they do get that run game, this could look a whole lot different if with their new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, if they add the wrinkles that Matt Canada has proven he could add, especially when he was in the college game, I think that'll be interesting to see. I think Ben stays for another year. Should he? I mean, you look at you look at where the Steelers are right now. I'm going to be intrigued to see if they do go after a quarterback in the draft. I don't know that that's going to be the case. Rooney did Rooney the second did say that they need to add another quarterback to this room, whether it is through the draft or through free agency. So I could kind of be interested to see what moves they make here. Mason Rudolph also showed a lot of, you know, it was one game. So again, small sample size, but in his one game that he played against the Browns this season fully, he did show glimpses of good things. Is he the franchise quarterback of the future? That's a whole other ball game to kind of dive into. But I think that Ben stays for one more year. And then depending on how next season goes, if it goes really well, obviously we could see him stay for longer, but if next season isn't fantastic, or we see a little bit more of the same with what we saw kind of towards the end of the season here, then I think he, then I think he realizes, Hey, it's probably time. I'm going to hang it up. Yeah. That run game was a massive hindrance or or lack of run game. was just diabolical. Um, And Ben is not the most mobile of quarterbacks, um, let's be honest. And, I mean, I think I could probably run quicker than he does. Uh, so he, the thing for it is, I think, if they can get a run game behind them and or at least have at least a run threat, if anything else, then I think it does open up the field a bit more to him. Um, he was able to find guys like uh, Claypool, and I, I think he was a real go-to guy. Um, throughout the season, and that worked really well. Um, I think Claypool's got a big future in the NFL. I think he's going to last a, a long time, and I think from what he said, he wants to be in Pittsburgh for as long as he can as well, So, which is always good for an organization when you know a player wants to be there. Um, so I think, I think he does stay another year, um, and I think that, because I think he's seen Breeze go out, and Breeze kind of went out with a bit of a whimper, um, and I, I don't think that that's how... I don't think his ego, ben, Ben's ego, could probably take going out like that. I think he no. wants to make sure he leaves it out, all out in the field, so to speak. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of contract they come up with. Um, that salary cap is is looming, so um, it'll be interesting to see how much of a pay cut he does take. If he's saying, oh, I just want to play. Um, everyone says they just want to play, but th- at the end of the day, there's a dollar amount that's got to go along with that. So. Yeah be interesting um so this season um has there been a team that has surprised you this season either positively or negatively that's a really good question and I've been really contemplating this oh it's uh, there's been a couple honestly like I feel like I don't want to say the easy answer but I feel like most people would say the bills that hadn't been paying attention to the bills 
So I feel like for me, as someone that paid attention to them, that's kind of like, oh, Jenna, this is an easy way out. You knew this team. You knew that they traded for Stefan Diggs. You knew that Josh Allen was going to have a growth in year three. Did I think he was going to make the leap that he did? Not to that full extent. No, not at all. But I, you know, the, the Bills, I think the Bills surprised a lot of people just what they were able to do, how they were able to get through things on defense. But honestly, and I feel weird saying this, I think the Browns, I really think the Browns surprised a lot of people, including me, because I just in particular, even looking at the first game that they played against the Steelers versus the playoff game two totally different teams like Baker was out of the game in the fourth Odell was on the sidelines in his socks in the fourth because the Steelers were just kicking their butts so badly in that game but I think just the way that this team bought into Kevin Stefanski with what he was able to do the fact that OBJ was hurt for a majority of this season the fact that I mean we knew that their run game was going to be solid but the fact that they relied on that so much that Baker grew because it was again it was going to be what Baker Mayfield are we going to get this season um that Ravens uh not geez, Ravens uh Browns Monday night game was probably the best game that we saw in the NFL all season just like that type of shootout but you I, I would say I didn't really entirely expect in that game Cleveland to be able to play to the level of Baltimore um and then obviously with what happened in the postseason and them, you know, doing that and them kind of hanging in tough with the Chiefs too. I mean, they have a lot of upside. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do next season, but they have a lot of upside. And I think they really surprised a lot of people with what they were able to do, how they were able to win games, them obviously getting into the playoffs for the first time in almost two decades and them winning a playoff game for the first time and, you know, a very long time for that organization. So yeah, I think, I, I think the easy answer would be the, the bills, but the Browns also really, really surprised me this season. Yeah. The Browns were, it was weird. You, you go into every season and the Browns have always had this kind of hype. Um, and last season it was prime example. And, and Mayfield was strutting himself about like, he's the next big quarterback in the NFL. And obviously he fell flat in his face. Um, this year he came in, with I would say a lot more maturity um, and I think I think the players around him probably respected him more because they thought oh this guy's not just coming to be a superstar this year he's actually coming to work with us um, and I think he's done really well at getting his team on side and they, they had a great season the Browns and um, they got to the playoffs I think it was the 70s was the last time they won a, a playoff game yeah. I don't know why I think 76 or something a very long time yeah, so, um, so yeah, Browns fans must be over the moon, and you just looked at you just want next season to start already if you're a Browns fan because, um, you're just on a roll. Um, the Bills, the Bills as well. I mean, Katie always goes on about Josh Allen should be in Denver. Um, obviously, he's not, but, um, yeah, he, he's another quarterback that had a big, big swagger a couple of years ago didn't fall quite on his face as badly as Baker Mayfield. Um, but, you know, he's gone through a really steep learning curve um, and done really well this season. Um, there's no kind of bravado or anything like that. He's just kind of gone about his business and done really well. I think the Bills were really the sleeper this season um, and they just quietly went about picking up wins. Um, I think people did notice the Browns were picking up more wins, especially against the teams that they were playing against. So um, I think the Browns... Browns did pretty well. Um, overall, 
this season has been marred by COVID and injuries and, and everything else. There's been some pretty bad injuries as well. Um, but overall, how do you think the NFL has done pulling off this season, managing to get us to a Super Bowl on time? I think it's honestly impressive. And it's so funny just to kind of see the way the sports landscape has changed since everything shut down almost a year ago. Because I saw something today, it was like, Rudy Gobert tests positive for COVID and it shuts everything down. Ah, There it is. Um, And now, I mean, whether you think it's the right thing or not, you know, we're putting in the NHL and the NFL, we're putting teams on these COVID lists where players have COVID, we're dealing with it, we're managing it, and we're still getting these games in. So I think the NFL set out to have a season without a bubble and get to the end and crown a champion and they're going to be able to do that this Sunday which is in itself fantastic and you got to give you know a lot of credit to the doctors and the um the team physicians and the testers and all the people that had such a role in making sure that this thing went off as best as it could have granted yes we did hit a lot of speed bumps in the road I think I mean but every Minus the, you know, the NBA and the NHL, which had bubbles, but, you know, we knew that there was going to be some sort of roadblock. We saw it in baseball with the Marlins. We saw it here with the Titans and then the Ravens. Like these are learning experiences. This was going to be what it was going to be. We were going to have to learn throughout this whole season. And I think the NFL did that. I think they really did a good job. And I think teams did a really good job for the most part, minus again, a couple organizations that took a little bit to figure it out. But I mean, we saw teams really understand the severity of things and players that we talked to afterwards that got it that were like I you know I wouldn't wish this on anybody you know this was crazy and players that missed playoff games because they weren't able to play because they tested positive and then it was just you know all these things I think this is such a big learning lesson but at the end of the day I mean the NFL is able to have a full season with no you know postponing games changing games moving games they didn't even have to push the season back, which I think in itself, that amazed me that we were able to do all of this. So this is going to be something that's going to be studied for an incredibly long time. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, you know, looking down the road in 10, 20, 30 years on what happened this season, how they did it, all that. But I mean, you know, you gotta have, you kind of have to tip your caps because I think in April when we were all sitting around when the draft was going to be virtual, we had no idea what to expect. And now we're here in February and there, you know, we're a couple of days away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, not, not long to go. Um, the NBA have struggled um, after, obviously they had their bubble, but this season they've really struggled. Um, a lot of postponed games. We've seen that with Major League Baseball. However, they did manage to turn it around and a lot of teams were playing back-to-backs on the same day. Um can't really do that in the NBA, sadly. Um, the NHL find a team at $100,000. Um, I think it was Washington Capitals um, for not following the rules. Um, the NBA have just come out today and said that they're going to strengthen their rules um, for face masks and stuff. So I'm hoping that those those two leagues can kind of take... It's weird I'm saying this because I'm no fan of Roger Goodell, but um, it's, so it's weird that I'm saying this, but I'm really hoping that the NBA and the NHL kind of take a leaf out of 
the NFL's book and and can manage to pull off a season in time. Now, one thing that the NBA have done is they only released their schedule for the first half of the season because they wanted to see how it was going to go before they release the second half of their season. So um, it's a couple of weeks from now until they do that. So it will be interesting to see how they're going to deal with all these postponed games because they are kind of piling up. Um, on to the Super Bowl itself. Tom Brady, um, Patrick Mahomes. This is the old guard against the new guard is, is the way I'm kind of putting it. Um, is this a changing of the guard? You know, I... This is so tough for me because until like I, I, I was, I saw it on Twitter and it was just so mind blowing. Remember when Brady threw the interception, the pick six against the Titans that sealed the game and it was over. And it was like, Oh my gosh, Tom Brady might go out. Like this is, might be how he ends his career. And then all of a sudden we're like, yeah, just kidding about that. Now look, he's in the Super Bowl again. Um, he's going to continue to do this until he physically can't anymore. And clearly at age 43, he has shown no signs of slowing down, which is in itself is an incredible feat. Um, but you know, Patrick Mahomes is kind of saying, Hey, I'm, you know, the young guy to beat, like you are the pinnacle. There's no right now. I mean, I think especially this season, this solidified as much as you love or you hate him, that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time for what he's been able to do. The fact that he can do it with different teams too. Yes. Obviously he has, you know, lots of weapons this year with Tampa compared to the weapons he had with new England, but you know, it's kind of hard to argue that, but Mahomes is saying, Hey, I know you're great. I know you're so respected. I know all the things that you've done, but I'm very young and look at all the things that I've done in my career and look at where I am already. So again, you build pieces. It's not the quarterback, it's the team, but this kind of, you know, depending on who wins this, I think you can definitely put that narrative. You know, if Mahomes takes down Brady in the Super Bowl, it's like, okay, maybe it is out with the old and with the new, or at least kind of getting there in that sense. But we all know what Tom Brady can do in the Super Bowl. It's funny because everyone seems to just be all in on the Chiefs. And I'm going with the Chiefs too, but I'm like, you, you, know, you know what Tom Brady is capable of. I'm like, you cannot overlook him regardless of the people that he has around him. It's him himself. If Tom Brady has the ball and has a chance to win the game in a two-minute drill, more likely than not, I can guarantee you on Sunday, he's probably going to do that if that's the situation he's in. Yeah, he definitely is someone that when it comes to playoffs um, and Super Bowls especially, um, Tom Brady just seems to, to to find yards from somewhere. No one really knows where he finds them from, but he just seems to just pull them out of his, his hat. Um, so we already had Alex on. Alex um, went with 38-31 to the Chiefs, so he's also taking the Chiefs. What scoreline do you think this is going to end with? Oh, this is tough. I've been going back and forth. Um, I'm going 28-24 Chiefs. Um, I think Kansas City is going to get out to a quick lead and then Tampa's going to try and come back and Kansas City's just going to like kind of pace them a little bit. At least, you know, I could be entirely wrong. I feel like I say this and then like God knows Tom Brady will go out there and like throw on the first, you know, four drives, three of them will be touchdowns. So I, I'm cautiously saying Kansas City 28-24, but this is going to be one of those games where it's so close, like anything can happen. And I feel like we don't entirely always say that about Super Bowls, but this is one of them where I'm like, 
confident that no matter what can happen. Plus it's also like a carryover from 2020. So literally anything can happen. You have to prepare yourself for absolutely anything. And one good thing about this Super Bowl um, is obviously at the beginning of the season, we thought there probably wouldn't be fans um, at this Super Bowl, but there is going to be fans there. I think 25,000, um, I think, is, is the number that they've put out there. Now, the, the governor of Florida said, no, no, just fill the stadium, it's fine. Uh, but the NFL have, have said, no, no, we're, we're going to fill it a bit more than other stadiums have been filled, but... Um, we're still going to be socially distancing. People are still going to have to wear masks and stuff. So that's that's good. But that will certainly add something to this game. And we've seen it with Buffalo. We mentioned them before. When the fans were in Buffalo for that game, that was, even though it was 6,000 of them, you could hear them. Like, you could actually hear them. Um, so it'll be good to have some fans um, watching the game. It does make such a difference. Like, it's been so interesting hearing players, especially, like, talking with all you know all the guys in the NFL from the beginning of the season to the end of the season and even guys in the NHL now but you know it does take an effect I think especially with the NFL guys like early on they're like all right this is gonna be something new we're gonna have to get adjusted to it's gonna be weird you know crowd noise whatever and like they since it was so new for everybody it was like okay we can adapt to this we can get used to this but then when you're hitting week 14 week 15 week 16 the first week of the playoffs it's like this is weird. We don't like this as much. Like what, this doesn't feel like it did. And I think that that's going to be a huge thing for, you know, Tampa and Kansas city, Kansas city has had fans um, last couple, but, you know, to be able to have fans and for these fans to be able to, you know, make some sort of impact, I think is going to be pretty big. Yeah. I think Tom Brady first had fans last week and that was the first time all season. I think he'd had fans. Um, so he, he would just be acclimatizing into it. But whereas Kansas have, have had fans, I think, well, they had fans opening night um, back on, on the start of the season. So um, we'll be interested to see what impact that has. And it's going to be a lot more fans than we're used to. Um, so hopefully the noise is even louder um, as long as they've not given them all to corporate tickets. So, because um, I always, I always, I'd never understand why tickets go to corporate guys, probably just to sell stuff. But at the same time, it's great to have real fans there. It's always my complaint about the football world cup. Um, like, the stands are empty because they've given the tickets all to sponsors and stuff. So um, instead of actual people that want to watch the games. Uh, but um, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us um, across the pond sports podcast again. Uh, thank you for coming back. Um, we'll definitely have to come, have you come back next season. Um, now you're covering the NHL now um, with the Penguins. Um, is that you just absolutely engrossed in NHL no. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm pretty much like diving in uh, into the hockey world, but we're still we do some college basketball stuff with Pitt and Duquesne. Um, and then before we know it, honestly, when we start talking about the draft, so that in itself is gonna be like, oh, this is like those nice like couple months where it's like, okay, this is just hockey. Um, yeah, oh, this is this is my favorite time of the year. As much I'm a huge diehard football fan, I love it so much. But like hockey is my one A, football is my one B, and I just this is like this is my favorite time of the year. We're just, I mean, the way that the NHL schedule is this year with the 56 games shortened season, there was like 14 games on the other night. And like, as soon as the Penguins game is on, I'm like uh, turning to three different West Coast games. I'm like, this is amazing. This is all I want in my life. 
<laughs> well, uh, with all that insight, we'll, we'll need to have you on Across the Pond NHL podcast, uh, which we launched. They've done their, they just did their fourth episode. So, uh, with Chris and Josh. So, um, Josh is um, Katie's husband. Um, oh. He is a big, he, he's a big Avalanche fan, um, and very new to podcasting. That was his fourth episode he's ever done so um he's loving that so we'll need to have you on at some point through the season for that as well Uh, but thank you so much for joining us now um and enjoy the super bowl thank you you too thanks for having me a huge thank you to uh, my guests alex and jenna some great insights from both of them um Great to have them back on the show and look forward to having them back in the future as well. Um, I know Jenna, <laughs> really excited to come on, so um, it was great to have her as well. Um, sadly, as a, as a build um, during the show, um, Ashley wasn't able to make it, um, but hopefully we'll have her on again at some point as well because she's a good guest to have on. Um, you can always get us on our social medias across the Pond Sports Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Do join the group on there and at ATP Sports Pod on um, Twitter. Um, we are now on Clubhouse, um, so you can follow me on Clubhouse at ATP Sports. Um, and yeah, if, so if you get on Clubhouse, if you need an invite, um, somebody I'm sure will invite you, but um, it's some good fun conversations on there. Um, and I'm learning a lot about podcasting from, from talking to people on Clubhouse as well. So um, hopefully you're enjoying them. Um, but yeah, next show up, we have Katie um, joining me back uh, with Craig Nickel and uh, John Murray. Looking forward to that show. It's going to be a raucous one, I can imagine. And thankfully, um, I won't have to do any maths. So that, even even better. Uh, but very much looking forward to that show. Um, so that will drop probably on Thursday. Um, so you guys can look out for that. Um, other than that, enjoy the rest of your week. And we will speak real soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.